One man went to mow. Went to mow a meadow. That's right, kids. Welcome to episode 26 of That Guy's a Maniac, the podcast. Uh, the podcast brought to you by the team behind uh, the world's second best video games blog, www.thatguys.co.uk. Uh, we put these out weekly and we talk about a bunch of video games, normally uh, video games that came out uh, in the 90s uh, with a smattering of earlier stuff and then perhaps one or two recent games that, that the young kids may have actually played. Uh, I am your host, Kanzi11 aka Farley, and I am joined by Richie. Introduce yourself. <laughs> Hi, I'm Richie. Uh, where else can you find our thoughts on video games? Well, we can be found in all the usual places such as Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at That Guy's a Maniac. Uh, we can also be found now on YouTube, um, again, at That Guy's a Maniac. And um, yeah, that's it. Feel free to drop us a DM. We'll get to it in due course. <laughs> yes. Thanks, uh, Richie. And uh, we couldn't pull together this technical wonder show just off our own backs. Um, is there anyone supporting us in this honest endeavour? This honest endeavour technical wonder show. <laughs> um, this week, well, we have this one's intimate apparel. For all your interstellar crewmate relationship trust factor building needs and I assume also some intimate clothing that's this one's intimate apparel thanks guys this one's intimate (laughs) apparel Uh, we couldn't do it without you so Richie this week we are talking about space games now that is a broad church uh, so I'm going to try and um, narrow it down. So we're not just talking about every single game uh, based in space. I'm thinking specifically about ones where you fly about in a ship, dogfighting, doing barrel rolls, um, uh, and so not games like I don't know, Dead Space, Starship Downright, Sentient, Adrift, Tacoma. Yeah, um, like games. Actually this, yeah, yeah. Spaceship games more than games set in space yeah and it's it it was uh, when we were talking about this before um it's a really poorly defined genre so i was just looking up some of the games that we're probably going to talk talk about um and seeing what genre kind of wikipedia had them listed as and here's just a selection um so you know games where you're sat in a cockpit flying around um shooters action adventure space combat simulator rail shooter survival games um, so a real mix, and there's not really one uh, uh, concrete definition that encapsulates everything. There are also some games where you can, you know, hop in a spaceship and then it's a space combat simulator, uh, or it's actually an open world thing when you're on the ground. So some of those will be in the mix um, first, I guess. But you love, you particularly have a penchant for uh, genre and game definition. So what, you, what are some of the things you'd you'd pull out to define this genre? 
Well, no, you're you're absolutely right. Um, I, I think my definition would be spaceship game rather than space game. I, I, I know I just said that, but it, there is a big difference between a game set in space, um, such as our sponsor's sake, namesake, uh, is the uh, Mass Effect. Um, so, like, yes, it's a game set in space. It's a space opera. Is it? A space game? Yes. Is it a spaceship game? Probably not. So I mean that that's where it kinda it kinda differs in there. Um so I'm gonna just give it that blanket term spaceship games. <laughs> spaceship uh games. I'm a huge <clears throat> fan of this genre and uh there's tons of stuff um if you're on the PC. Uh, from your kind of, uh, if we imagine a spectrum of spaceship games, from your kind of hardcore space simulator, so, you know, space station building simulator games where you're scooting about in space with a uh, a welding gear to, you know, weld your stuff together, uh, which will involve uh, some spaceship uh, type stuff, through to... Um, yeah, on the other extreme, there's just a slew of mobile space shooters. I don't know why this genre has kind of found a home in mobile games. I guess it's because it's easy to control. Yeah, yeah that's that's simply it. It's that whole by flying uh, a ship through space, but by actually just sort of like moving your thumb around in there, it gets that sort yeah. of minority report feel control to it, you know? Um, yeah. and that, I think that's exactly it. So there's been a lot of um, a lot of uh, recent games on the Switch and PlayStation 4, which are which are ports of mobile games, and they don't port very well. Um, they're okay, you know, solid solid six and sevens, but but not outstanding examples of the genre, I think. Um, and so yeah, we used to have loads of these, um, and I used to love playing them. And then it seems like there was a uh, the well dried up and then recently as i've mentioned a couple of times on the potty uh, there's been a bit of a renaissance in spaceship games some of which we were mentioning but and here's here's some here's uh kanzi woman's list of things which don't necessarily make a spaceship game but make a good spaceship game uh, oh, not all okay. the games we're talking about have have these uh but most of them do um, and there are no apparent order. There's just a few things I just took down. So number one is, you must, absolutely must, and um, some don't, and it bugs me, be able to have a cockpit view mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. I get you. The, that that sort of first person, sort of looking yeah. down at your controls. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Um, even though in most of space <laughs> spaceship games, uh, cockpit mode is the worst mode to play it in. Oh, absolutely. Partly because um, <laughs> you know, for detailed ones, you have like you know the inside beading of your uh, of your um, you know windshield, um, for want of a better word. Half the screen's taken up with dashboards with things on, uh, and so it just becomes <laughs> it just becomes a game of trying to orientate your ship to. You know, to make the little red triangles or whatever and um, sit in the middle uh, so really disorienting much better to play it in third person um, but 
to have the option to jump into cock cockpit mode is is one of those things that um, I think should be a hallmark of the genre. Yeah. Uh, number two is you should be able to move your ship in all directions. Um, so, uh, you know, rotating um, all around, but also you should be able to do uh, barrel rolls. So flip one wing over the other and also do loop-de-loops. And a lot of these crappy mobile games don't allow you to do that. Or worse, in my opinion, is they um, uh, is they auto-level you, which I really don't like uh, at all. I don't mind if there's a button which will kind of auto-level you, you know, so, you, so if you're really just lost, um, particularly if you're heading towards some objective, you just auto-level and it kind of writes your ship. Um, but that's the that's the brilliant thing about this genre, and I don't know if you've ever read Ender's Game. Um, uh, there's a whole bit in Ender's Game about you know thinking about the battlefield in a different in a different way because you're not you're not on a two dimensional plane. You are in three dimensions. Um, and so for some of the best spaceship games, that sense of you know turning up, around, over, back on yourself um, really makes for it um, rather than kind of uh, developers saying hey, this is what you will be looking at uh, yeah yeah up, exactly and this is down you can see that the, the thinking behind that because one thing um i would say is dog fighting in some of these games is frustrating at the very very least sometimes it can be really really sort of hit or miss you feel a little bit like the stormtroopers in star wars you know, you're unable to sort of hit anything. You're trying to lock onto targets. You're trying to do that. So I can see the gaminess factor as to why that they've evolved this kind of auto leveling and sort of pursuit controls and stuff like that in there. Just saying, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and for much of dogfighting, I mean, I think I guess you know it can be better or worse depending on the fluidity of the controls. Um, but if if Fundamentally, you don't like, you know, as I mentioned earlier, chasing the red triangle on your screen, right? So it flies past the middle and then you're trying to find it again and it will fly across the other way and then you're trying to find it again before you uh, kind of hit the trigger button. Then <laughs> um, perhaps the space space combat isn't necessarily for you, but, um, but exploration might well be. Uh, so that freedom of movement uh, is a must. Uh, number three, some kind of boost system that you know does the does the Star Trek, Star Wars, uh, stars streaming tunnel yeah. type thing, hyperspace or warp drive or something like that. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, those uh, those <laughs> terms, hyperspace and warp drive, are just liberally used everywhere. And so, yeah, fortunately, it's one of the, one of those terms that George Lucas patent. Um, so yeah, something like that to make your zoomy ship zoom even faster. <laughs> number four, <laughs> number four is kind of a sub a sub rule. It doesn't necessarily need to be set in space. Ooh, control fucking virtual. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Give me your reasoning here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because I think. Uh, um, there are, if we think of games like Colony Wars, Jedi Starfighter, and and the the one that really sticks in my mind, and it was a formative spaceship game for me, is Descent, Descent Two, 
which have some of that. Uh, so Descent uh, has, uh, in my opinion, the best movement options in any spaceship game. And the way that levels are designed, because you're mostly flying about in level uh, uh, in subterranean levels, is they really um, make the most out of your movement options. So you are exploring these tunnels which go all over the place. And it is a sheer pleasure once your kind of mind and controller sync up to, to you know, be rotating in all kinds of directions. Uh, and then, of course, uh, it's not just about zooming around uh, in space. Um, you can be zooming around on the surface of planets. Or in some games, you transition between the two. Yeah. Um, which I really like. So don't I would say you don't necessarily have to be set in space to be a uh, space, space game. game. Okay, a spaceship space game. Ship game. Yeah, yeah. so that that, that adds have, more more fuel to that definition of the genre. <laughs> yeah, if you be in a spaceship, you don't have necessarily have to be in space. Uh, another thing which comes as standard, and there aren't. I was trying to think of some non-violent um, spaceship games. Uh, there aren't that many. Or none. In fact, none of the ones on my list are, are non-violent um, spaceship games. But you're more than likely rocking some kind of dual cannon. Um, so one on each wing, uh, and when you fire, you're firing from both. Of them. Yeah, I was going to say like, Some, um, as the definition of, or, or, or does your list include a machine gun? But yeah, the dual, dual. Imagine doing a barrel roll. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I was going to say. And the last one, which is very rare. Yeah. <laughs> does your game, does your list include actually just the term dogfight? Does a spaceship game have to have dogfighting in it? I suppose that's regardless of dual cannons or whatever, is it just actually having fighting? I don't know. I don't know. I, I quite like. Um, uh, I, unfortunately, <laughs> two games which probably will sit on most people's, in front of most people's mind. Elite and No Man's Sky. I haven't actually played, um, <laughs> so I don't know if those are necessarily about dogfighting or not. They can okay. be. Um, I don't know. So I wouldn't say I wouldn't say necessarily needs to be uh, dogfighting. Um, and in fact, I'd be all up for more kind of exploration, exploratory type ones. Um, you know, or uh, I'm sure I'm sure they already exist. Actually, uh, we were talking. Um, a while ago about uh, you know the truck simulators yeah yeah. so you know whether whether there is some space hauling simulator where you just <laughs> I can't imagine it'd be very interesting though right because you've just got the, the void of space uh, to well I mean one thing that we should probably sort of uh, address is that part of what why this podcast even exists was because we were chatting or meant to chat about uh, Frontier Elite 2 from our Amiga podcast which was what episode 23 and in that one I don't think you have lasers I don't think you fight at all yeah it's just straight up it is a space trading simulator um, and it's a a space station docking simulator (laughs) to the soundtrack of a MIDI version of Blue Danube. Um, I, I would say that it's almost a non-violent one, except for the subtext that you actually, like, uh, some of your cargo can just be, like, slaves, and if you get caught, you get shot by the police sort of thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, I mean, like that that that's definitely um, when you were talking about the formative one. You're talking about descent. I would say probably go back earlier. Frontier Elite Two is the sort of space game to sort of um, that kind of defined it for me as well. Like it was so cool just to be able to like fly past Earth and Mars, you know, and go into these uh, planets in a system and then go to another system with other alien planets there as well and just kind of see uh, this stuff as you're flying through it. I thought that was quite cool. But yeah, I would say that's probably more of a formative one for me. But yeah, I mean, like, that existed as a simulator, trading simulator, if anything, which is probably set a present for most other games that you see nowadays as well, including Elite. And again, I haven't played any of the later Elites either. No, I the uh, I've not touched the the what is it remake or the whatever it was twenty eighteen version. Elite. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> but there's like a million of them, is there not? Elite Dangerous and all this sort of stuff. Or is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not too sure because, as I say, I I uh, I rarely. And play PC games, so a lot of it has been going on um, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. on the PC side of things, mostly just from, from a console perspective. My last uh, point on my what makes a good space game, and this is very much a um, a wish list point, so I don't begrudge games that don't have this, uh, is that you can uh, the ability to change your ship configuration. Um, and I don't know why we don't see this more. Um, mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know, with like the um, in flight, so with like uh, the X-wing, you know, where they have the wings down, wings up mode. Um, yeah, I really like that. Uh, tap of a button, and then all of a sudden you're in combat mode or something. You rarely steer. So th- I think those, those, that's my, that's my list of things which make for a very good space game, or the things I like to see um, uh, in the best of the spaceship games. Would you add anything to that list? Um, no, I think it's pretty definitive. I tend to agree that, uh, yeah, those are the things that make a spaceship game and, and things that you definitely yeah. like. Like, what you were talking about, uh, spaceship customization there, I, I actually thought you just meant actual customization because if I remember correctly, a lot of these games, and even like Frontier, you could like upgrade and buy new ships and get new weapons and get that sort of thing is that what you were meaning as well it's just sort of the x-wing uh, transformation as well or no no i wasn't although it is a it is now a staple of many spaceship games i think almost to the point where you know if you're playing an rpg you'd expect a character creator at the very front of it uh, it's the same with many modern spaceship games yeah um is that and some of them to a ridiculous detail you know you can update your shields and your drive and your weapons and the shape of your spaceship and normally it's unlocking um different spaceships and different bits to put into it do you know it's really weird all i can think about right now is um kingdom hearts the gummy ship yeah i was gonna say i had it right down at the bottom of my list um, in case we in case we got through the podcast without mentioning it but i did say we we have to uh, have to give an honourable mention to the. I mean, they were just fucking 
awful, right? That section, to, but the the gummy ship sections in in Kingdom Hearts. So yeah, uh, for those who haven't played Kingdom Hearts, care to explain the gummy ship? Oh system. God! So and there who, was basically who puts them together. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So I think you, you speak to Sid from Final Fantasy VII, and he like creates the the gummy ships. And basically, the gummy now, ships. Isn't it, um, isn't it Chip and Dale? Oh, I think Sid definitely is involved because the first ship you get is like the High Wind or something stupid like that. I don't know, it's been so long since I've played um, Kingdom Hearts. Maybe Chip and Dale do Kingdom Hearts 2? This is well researched stuff here. <laughs> Go listeners, hey! Uh, uh, why, why did you bring up a counterweight? No, Chip and Dale uh, are responsible for your ship customization. Are they? Well, Sid's they definitely involved at some point. Well. They pilot it, do they? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm no okay. I'm not gonna <clears throat> address their competency to do that. Um, but yeah, also some so, some phenomenal. <laughs> just sorry, <laughs> just googling this. Some phenomenal constructions, including an X-wing, a Porygon. Uh, <laughs> someone's made like a Meta Knight. Uh, <laughs> wow, some really creative. Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, carry on. Now I remember when it came out. I like. You would make all of these uh, ridiculous ones, and they had them online as well. Of course, when it first came out, you were waiting for a JPEG to load in order to actually see the ship that you were going to try and make. Um, but yeah, sorry, the traveling between all of the Disney worlds. So between you know Nightmare Before Christmas world or Tarzan world or whatever uh, involved at least the first time doing the gummy ship run and as you went through you got a very basic gummy ship and it was a sort of um, 3D shooter slash avoider thing and you shot things and as you did it things would explode and you would get more gummy bricks to make your gummy ship um, and basically it was gated in that sort of fashion as you unlock more levels you would unlock more difficult um, gummy ship runs so you could get more kinds of bricks um, and then basically you were looking for like the high level shooty guns or the high level collect the bricks um, bricks or the high level boosts at the back and I think you also had a turbo boost as well so basically you would get all of these different bricks or blocks and you would mush them together uh, to create a cockpit, uh, a boost, a thing that collected all of the gummy bricks around you and a thing that uh, you could shoot um, all of the things come towards you so you could collect more gummy bricks. Uh, and that yeah. was basically it. And um, it was like a four, three, four minute sort of session where you would just in between these worlds navigate there and I think it had some secrets, like if you had certain things, you could like go in a different way to a different world or, or things like that. But uh, it was a fairly straightforward, just in between actually getting to, you know, Little Mermaid World or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what I remember, just from Kingdom Hearts 1, because I think it also appeared in 3 and possibly 2, 
uh, is all of that. This whole mini game is completely unnecessary. You could just, mm-hmm. you just build the shittest ship. Uh, made sure it had some weapons in a cockpit, uh, and you could, pretty, you know, it wasn't especially challenging to do. Um, it just seemed like an unnecessary, an unnecessary mini game to put into Kingdom Hearts. So I don't think it really added much. Um, that's all I remember. I remember just building some really horrible, unstreamlined, ugly, blocky thing with lots of cannons on the front and boosters in the back. And I think that just did me the whole game. <laughs> so shout, shout outs to the gummy ship. Um, so you mentioned Frontierly. I mean, I guess uh, the probably the uh, one of the earliest spaceship games. That people might think of is the um, Star Wars arcade machine. Yep, I remember that. There used to be a pub in Glasgow called Bar Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Shit, you know. Um, it's uh, it's one of these cursed pubs which uh, every couple of years gets a new owner. Uh, but yeah. Bar Jedi, um, and it basically just had the Star Wars. Um, What's it called? Uh, arcade machines in there, and I'm sure they play the cantina music regularly. Uh, <laughs> but it, yeah, it was just a it was a Star Wars themed bar, and it, again, it's probably quite age telling because I think this was around sort of 2000 time um, of legal drinking age as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's uh, that that um, arcade machine. I mean, I don't know what the name of it is. Uh, has become somewhat iconic. So it pops up in loads of different things. So if anyone's doing like a, a you know, a, a Netflix show that's supposedly themed in the 80s, then um, then you'll undoubtedly see this machine somewhere. <laughs> Star Wars arcade game. Yeah. Uh, what was I watching the other day? Oh, The Runaways. Um, the 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 Marvel, one of the Marvel series, in that rather prominently okay. has a Star Wars arcade game as a as a plot device. Um, oh wow! Are, are uh, Marvel and um, Star Wars part of the same franchise? But anyway, do you know? What? I was, uh, this is a slight aside, but the the um, product placement of everything in the Disney verse is getting a little bit ridiculous. I watched uh, Wreck It Ralph two the other day. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like that one. The Ricky Ralph breaks the internet or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he goes to the Star Wars hub and isn't Star Wars brilliant? Is yeah, it, the, the Disney kind of owning everything. Um, they could they just uh, prominently product place uh, whatever you know. So if you're watching something Marvel, there'll be something Star Wars and something Disney in it. Uh, if you're watching something Disney, there'll be something Marvel or something Star Wars in it. Yeah. Um, and and I was I was all for that. I thought, oh, you know, that'd be good. Um, some extreme crossovers. But uh, <laughs> having I was watching Runaways, then watched Wreck It Ralph. I was like, this is a bit. I don't need Star Wars and and Disney and Marvel. Were you watching it on Disney Plus? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. Well, there you go. I think you you bring your own uh, as as your own funeral. You just kind of have to expect it if you're watching it on Disney Plus, you know. Uh, yeah, well, I guess, but it's. I mean, those are all fairly recent things. Um, but yeah, it was a bit. You know, thinking about it, it was a bit. 
you know, rammed down your throat. Um, hey, look, we own don't we own all these things? Aren't they all cool, kids? Yeah, I know. It's like it's the whole thing of like making the new Disney princesses, like yeah, you know, like Lisa from The Simpsons is now technically a Disney princess and oh, Deadpool I, I have, and all that sort of I stuff. I have no time. I have no time for those debates at all. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it is pointless. It, I mean, it is a, a masked way of saying has been bought by a massive monopoly, and yet another thing that you have to buy to stream content. You know, fuck it, man. Uh, anyway, grumpy old man. Um, aside, we were talking about spaceship games. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about spaceship games, and I guess uh, Star Wars Arcade is one of those ones. Um, bit of a cultural um, touchstone, um, but. Star Wars has delivered us quite a few decent um, spaceship games. Right. Before uh, you, you jump yeah. straight in, like, I'll be honest, when um, when we were discussing the space games, I kind of, I was like, yeah, I like space games. I like the idea of space games specifically for a lot of the reasons that you came up with on your list. Um, and... Um, I was thinking, right, okay, I'm going to have a look through my catalogue at these space games so I can research it for this podcast. Yes, listeners, we do sometimes do research. Um, two, minute, two minutes before we start recording. Yeah, two minutes before we start. In fact, if you listen carefully, you can hear Richie researching the podcast during the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's not like we don't both have Google open just in case. <laughs> right now, I'm sitting on the Kingdom Hearts wiki page. Um, <laughs> as are you, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah, no, no. Um, and what I, I struggled to find was actually any spaceship games on my list. So, I, I mean, I know the irony of me saying, well, let's, let's do a podcast all about space things. And, like, there's very few recent ones that I actually have or own or can even really think of a name recently. I was looking at my 360 collection of games, because it just sits on the shelf here, and there's nothing, absolutely nothing space um, ship related. So I started thinking, where did it all come from? And most of my spaceship games are pretty much all Star Wars games, uh, just to sort of jump back to what you were originally saying. So most of what I have to talk about here when it comes to spaceship games are just basically Star Wars games. Um, <laughs> and that's it, really. But yeah, sorry, you were going to talk about Star Wars games. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we've had we've had quite a few decent ones um, and a couple of not-so-decent ones. So one of uh, the... probably the best-loved series um, is Rogue Squadron, which I'm sure you must have played. Yeah. Yeah, so Rogue Squadron on the N64 and the GameCube. Probably some of the best spaceship games there have ever been. Um, I remember one of them being a bit ropey, maybe number three, because it did have sections where you had to get out of your X-Wing or your your A-Wing or whatever and run around. And that was a bit gimpy, as you might imagine. Yeah, no, um, Rogue Squadron was definitely... uh, On the N64, because I think after Rogue Squadron, uh, Rogue Squadron 2 and so forth was on the, the GameCube. Um, so I think we only had Rogue Squadron 1 on the N64 and it actually falls into your category of not being in space um, yeah. it was really weird um, like I, I 
was thinking about it and I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember it had some kind of dog fighting and then I realised, no, it didn't. It was all like just shooting tie bombers or escorting transports on Tatooine or Endor or wherever they were going. I think there was one which was set in Cloud City which had a fake ceiling and a fake floor. Um, so it still wasn't as, really as opposed in space. To, um, <laughs> as opposed to a real Cloud City. What do you mean? Uh, as in, like... Um, so it was set in Cloud City, as I, in... Like, so, yeah. so essentially... Yeah, it's essentially it's a, a terrestrial level, just the floor texture and the ceiling texture. Yeah, so the floor texture was a cloud that you can't fly through. Yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it was kind of uh, of that kind of... Um, yeah, just playing through that, and yeah, it was just, it was great. I loved Rogue Squadron. The music was immense, uh, and that's one of the few games that I can sort of say was immense because it was just sort of remixes of the John Williams stuff, and it, it would get really, really intense when you're like trying to shoot down bombers or whatever else or attacks, um, and you know recreating all of these things. And yeah, that was a really, really good spaceship game. But yeah, not as set in space, weirdly. Yeah. Uh, did you ever play X-Wing versus TIE Fighter? No, I didn't. <laughs> also very good. And I think, uh, yeah, so for me, um, zipping around in a X-Wing is, is probably what I think of when I think of um, spaceship things. And yeah, I'm sure we're not the first podcast to ever mention it. Just the the designs of the TIE Fighter and the X-Wing is just so solid um, <laughs> <laughs> so solid crew I'm going to go as far as saying oh god uh, you get 21 seconds to go <laughs> <laughs> it's really good to, you know, so um, you can tell the difference between the sheer it, it, I don't know it's, it's amazing to me they just landed on some this really solid uh, spaceship concept designs um, and I don't think we've ever seen you know the duality of spaceship designs quite quite like it and the TIE fighter is such a wacky thing fucking um, hell listen to us the duality of spaceship design yeah <laughs> well you know as a, as a pair as a cat almost as characters themselves um, and yeah. of course you've got like a, an army of V wings and Y wings and, and TIE streakers and TIE butter balls and whatever but uh just just, just those, those two um are really good and uh, you know even even when um uh i mean i guess they must know it because the trailers for things like rogue one and the latest three films prominently featured um uh you know x-wings flying above the water level yeah yeah oh, get the shivers get the shivers get the tingles going out uh, so Rogue Squadron is excellent um, shout outs because we're fucking boring old farts and we say the same old shit that everyone says uh, oh it's phenomenal was ca- it's sassy was couch <laughs> co-op was couch co-op it was phenomenal couch co-op <laughs> uh, yeah and uh, it is a thing because uh, it is a thing in that sort of fashion it's um, a thing in that sort of fashion. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> Rogue Squadron was a thing. Sorry, we're just we're just picking up each other's lazy uh, lazy local spaghetti that we occasionally get into. Uh, it was couch co-op. Anyway, that's what I was getting getting to. It was couch co-op, and it was very good. 
Uh, and it's very hard. So myself and Chuff72, I could not get out of the Death Star. We could get into the Death Star and, and shoot the reactor, but we could never get out um, in, I think, Rose Quadrant 2. Uh, and there's, there is a GameCube memory card floating around somewhere that still has that last level win. Yeah, no, no, I remember like how people were talking about how ridiculously hard that was. But again, I think that was because um, of what I mentioned before about dogfighting getting really hard in video games as well. Because like, especially with like um, Rogue Squadron and stuff like that, trying to get a lock on and trying to shoot things, you literally did feel like the stormtrooper that just can't shoot anything you you're yeah, yeah. Um, there was a lot of shit like that um, and sometimes you would just get like charged with this ridiculous level where you had to play as like a Y bomber or something like that and get stuck with the <laughs> shit you know and like oh really I'm stuck as a Y bomber and all I can do is yeah. hit the ground and you're like okay yep yep yeah, yeah. Um, we also we played this together, but you may not have memories of it. Um, Jedi Starfighter on the PlayStation Two. Oh wow! Why would I not have memories of that, Farley? <laughs> Frequently, we mention games that we witnessed each other playing, or were sat in the same room playing, and and one or the other of us doesn't have a memory of it. Um, uh, which uh, wasn't there was there were quite a few. They really went all out when episode one came out. Um, so there was Super Bombad Racing, yeah, and Jedi Starfighter, uh, and they were, you know, okay-ish games. Um, but I do remember flying around on um, generic-looking planets uh, in an A-wing, um, <laughs> the ridiculous targeting uh, reticule, uh, shooting whatever. Yeah, that, that, that's speaking of target reticules. That's something I also remember from a lot of dogfighting, specifically um, space games as well. Is you t- tend to get like a line of them, you know. So yeah. you'll get one big one near you, a slightly smaller one for like medium distance, and then a tiny one for far away. And you're supposed to use that to try and gauge how far a thing is away from you, and also where you should be shooting along that sort of target. Yeah, messed up, messy, and I don't think it's meant for the casual gamer at all. That is hardcore stuff. <laughs> well, I think I think this is why um, uh, I mentioned earlier with the descent and the, and the kind of you know you could you could, you could flip the ship in any direction, um, and why some of these games uh, reduce those movement options is um, because unless you're familiar with uh, flight sims and spaceship games uh, I think they could probably be some of the most difficult to pick up <laughs> um, with uh, hard and the flight options and the boost and the and the uh, constantly kind of moving around and when you're chasing things dogfighting um, so I think there are some nods in these um, less simmy like uh, um, interfaces just, just to make them playable by people who aren't Huge uh, flight simulator fans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, special shout out as well whilst we're on Star Wars games to Battlefront um, when they introduced uh, those levels set in space uh, yeah. where you could hop into a vehicle, 
essentially go through no man's land of everyone else flying around and, and two big ships destroying before getting into the enemy's base and then kind of taking out their reactor. Those were fun. Many hours spent on Battlefront 2, I think, um, doing that. I actually have a couple of other shout-outs in the Star Wars vein as well, um, just while we're it. here. Well, I mean, I would say the very, very original um, SNES Return of the Jedi. I don't know oh, if yeah. you played that one at all. Um, and I think this was probably the first exposure to... Like, I mean, obviously it's a SNES, it was shit, it was awful, but it was kind of this 3D travelling through a tunnel. Um, the final level was the end of Return of the Jedi, and spoilers, it's where <laughs> um, Lando and the wee kind of guy with the flaps on his face have to fly into the yeah. fully operational Death Star, um, and yeah. they blow up the core, and then they have to fly back out. So... You have to do this in SNES graphics, and ultimately, what you have to do is fly through this tunnel, and there will be occasional um, sides to the tunnel which you can't bump into. Um, so you have to try and navigate away, yep. or you have to spin your ship pipes. ever so All slightly. Those pipes. Yeah, pipes, lots of pipes, and you have to spin your ship ever so slightly as well to get into different tunnels which are orientated for some reason at 45 degrees to the previous tunnel um, and yeah you just have to sort of navigate through that it was it was fucking tough as nails and I believe you could only just really remember that you're going to go left then you need to go right then you need to go up you need to go down and to spin and then you would actually get it you could never really do it on the fly it had to be a yeah. thing where you had to die over and over and remember it and then get it right and then just to make things worse you have to do it again but in reverse um, with flames occasionally just yeah. sort of covering your screen as well Exactly. <laughs> I, I mean exactly the same uh, bit that me and um, Chuff 72 got stuck on with Rogue Squadron yep. um, it, is, it was hard enough getting in, you were going in the Death Star uh, one of us was an X-Wing, one of us is uh, Lando and Flapface Man. Um, and yeah, getting through was difficult enough. Uh, are there also, I'm not sure this was in the SNES game, there were also TIE Fighters thrown in there as well, so occasionally they'd be... You know what, you. yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and then you had to do it in reverse, but you had to boost, otherwise you'd get consumed by the fire, and that was... Yeah, I think we got in and destroyed it, but we never managed to get out. Yeah. Because one or two of us would, would get trapped behind a pipe um, or, uh, you know, chipped away by an a X-Wing or just slam into... Um, slam into one a pipe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, another shout-out is uh, on the N64, which is exactly the same thing that you've just said and exactly the same thing that I was saying on the snake is... Um, what was it called? The... Um, Shadows of the Empire. Um, oh, I never, yeah, I never played that. Well, Shadows of the Empire. I mean, it's. I don't know what it is with um, a lot of these games, or at least I'm just sort of thinking back about this now. It was like Return of the Jedi. It had several different genres in that game. I mean, ultimately, it was a yep. platformer, but it started off with um, you sort of running on a, a land speeder, um, and then it became a platformer. And then 
you also got the oh chance God. to be on like uh and sorry go on just looking up just looking up screenshots of shadows of the empire uh and and that is an n64 game <laughs> yeah 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 really really is <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i think that's if you had to encapsulate what was the n64 like in once in what we you know, with one screenshot it's probably going to be a screenshot from um Shadows of the Empire. Yeah, <laughs> your, char- your character's basically a stack of nine blocks. Um, <laughs> everything's foggy. Yeah. Sorry, carry on. Um, I forget what I was saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, um, yes. Yeah, uh, Return of the Jedi SNES um, had so many genres in it. So, like, you start off in the land speeder, and then I think you do, uh, like, some platforming levels, like, like on Jabba's Skiff. And then you've got like the speeder race through the forest of Endor, uh, and you got things like that all the way through it. And then the end of it is the um, what's it called? Um, the, the the escape from the Death Star that I mentioned yeah. before. But Shadows of the Empire did the same thing. Like the very first level is you are you're playing one of this other guy Dash Rendar. Um, I don't know why I remember that. Can't remember fucking. But I remember his name. Um, <laughs> kings and queens, the counties of the world, capitals of the world. However, main I can't remember in, my own phone number. Star, <laughs> anyway, um, so you play as him, but he's also like a player in the Battle of Hoth. So you start off in your A wing, or is it the A wings that they use in the Battle of Hoth? I don't know. Uh, speeder, snow speeders. Speeders, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of speeders. So you you do that and you start off and you do the whole um, uh, getting the rope onto the attacks and tying them up so that they fall down and then you get to shoot them and you do that several times and it's hard and then you are you're dog fighting a little bit and it's one of these games where you're playing it and I think it's. Because it was the N64, everything was kind of inverse, so you end up just sort of like smacking your ship off the ground, and you do that bounce, yeah. and it flashes. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, the then it turned. Times, it, the, <laughs> but then after the, the you had to uh, tie the cable around the legs of the attacks. I know it's ridiculous. Games, it's <laughs> and it's never felt good. Never felt good. It's always been awkward. Yep. Yeah. No, no, it's it's, it's <laughs> always um, a feat of learning how to do the controls, and then yeah, oh, oh, just as you uh, <laughs> just as you actually get a hold of the controls, you then attach a rope to the fucking attack, and then the camera will change, so you have the cinematic yeah. view. And you're like, shit, how do I control the fucking thing? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, with Shadows of the Empire, you also then it turned into like a third person um, where you run about in the complex. It's all great music. As much as it, it does look like a stick, um, you do fight uh, like actual ATSTs and you fight Boba Fett and IG88 and you run through. Uh, but it has quite a few space scenes uh, with your co pilot. Um, and um, yeah, I think that last one, you've kind of got a pseudo. It looks like the Millennium Falcon, but it's not the Millennium Falcon um, sort of ship doing exactly that run as you go through a Death Star of some kind. But you know, <laughs> the Centurion Eagle. 
Is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. As an alternative. Yeah. A knockoff. But yeah, I think that's where a lot of my space fighting games, spaceship games experience comes from. Is it's definitely the Star Wars universe. And I, I think I just wanted to give a quick nod to those ones as well. Yeah. I say quick. Half yeah. the podcast. Half the podcast, yeah. In fact, let's just not talk about anything else. Um, okay, so that's <laughs> Star Wars. We're done with Star Wars now. Thank you, Star Wars, for, for giving us so many good um, spaceship games. Uh, Pod Race is also really good as well. Um, <laughs> and then 64, nothing to do with spaceships. Jedi Power Battles? Uh, uh, <laughs> save it. Save it for the Star Wars episode. <laughs> We've done that now. <laughs> Uh, did you ever play Descent? It was, it was Descent or Descent Two. It was one of the ones that was on. I played, um, yeah, I played Demo One's version of Descent, and I, I don't have yeah. great memories of it. <laughs> it was it, again. It was really hard to get your head around how it controlled, um, because you, you, yeah, you could just it was omnidirectional um, and quite tough. And um, whilst I was looking it up. Um, because I can remember I'd played Descent or Descent 2 um, I remember I just remember them being very difficult uh, there was a remake that never seemed to go anywhere uh, so oh. it was announced in 2018 you know occasionally you you uh, particularly if it's a game that's slightly off the beaten track much like Descent and you, you're kind of you know doing your basic online searching about it and all you can find is you know time stamped from a couple of years ago announcements of something um, and it's actually really really hard work to work out whether it came out or not uh, and you know there'll be like one review on Metacritic so yeah there was going to be a, a remake and it was going to be ported to the Switch and I think uh, the Xbox One but I don't think all, all I saw was um, a trailer I don't think it actually came out yeah okay um, which is a shame so I mean, 2018 up. is quite um, quite a short time for a cycle, um, so maybe maybe there's still hope yet. I think it was due out in 2018. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Um, maybe. Sim. Um, that was good. Uh, and then Colony Wars was perhaps one of my favourites. It's when I really got into the genre. So there were three Colony Wars games on the PlayStation. Um, and they were great a mix of uh, dogfighting in space and you know your your classic smorgasbord of land based options right find the thing uh, uh, so, so the ship went off and we've not heard from it go and find the thing escort the thing uh, and then shoot the things those tend to be or uh, protect the thing those are the four <laughs> staples yeah <clears throat> of your planet-based um, your planet-based combat. Um, so I didn't play the middle Colony Wars, but I did play the first Colony Wars and Colony Wars Red Sun, which was probably my favourite. Um, uh, sadly, that was, that was part of the Cygnosis sci-fi future um, universe, I guess. So yeah, uh, Colony Wars. I think Colony Wars G Police and Wipeout. Maybe set in the same universe. I think. Interesting. 
Um, and then now pretty much all of those are dead, including Wipeout, um, sadly. Um, but yeah, Connors was, was really great. I actually had a go at, at putting, putting together a fairly decent story. Um, I can't remember what it was now. Uh, but it's one of those games, Connor was Red Sun's one of those games where I remember the the day uh, rather than the game in particular. So me and Chuff Sims 2, as young lads, went into town, I picked it up and then played the whole game through over a day uh, whilst he was sitting playing um, one of the Civilization games on PlayStation. <laughs> that was a great day. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Colony was a good, good staple space game. It has almost everything from that list: uh, customization, shield management. Um, yeah, really good. Much later, uh, Randy McSporran dropped it and stood on it, and so there's a huge scratch on the disc. So now it still plays, but there's no sound. Oh, wonderful! Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bugs me every time I. Star Fox is another game on my list. I think we already talked about this in another podcast. Um, yeah, you hadn't played it very much, is that right? Um, I like. I remember playing the SNES version, but I, it was never one that I owned. So it was yeah. always like uh, I think it was played at a friend's house sort of thing, and um, yeah, I just don't remember it like particularly well. I just remember like floating giant face um, yeah. that you shoot, and that's about it, really. Um, so I, yeah. I don't know if I had that much hands-on experience with it. That's pretty much it. That's that's the one that's filed under Rail Shooter on the Wikipedia. Oh, okay. Um, but you can do a barrel roll. <laughs> you can do a barrel roll. Uh, <laughs> and you can sort of change the ship configuration as well with the purple things that go up and down, depending on what you're, what you're doing. Um, and uh, again, a shout-out for Star Fox... 64 3D on the 3DS, which had um, one of the best co-op, uh, not co-op, competitive um, uh, things on the on the 3DS, I think, which was just dogfighting. So yeah, it's it's a really interesting, um, a completely different prospect when you're dogfighting against other people than when you're kind of dogfighting um, the AI. Oh yeah, uh, yeah because. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> Because it's just really fucking difficult. <laughs> really is. Know like, what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> when you're dogfighting the AI, you're basically trying to work out what's the pattern, how often, you know, like, how can I could just hold fire until I can shoot yeah. them and defeat the pattern. Whereas when it's against a human, like, yeah, fuck that, man. That's a, that's a tough, yeah. tough part. <laughs> both, you're both fully aware, you know, okay, the, the other player's got the middle of the screen. So as long as I stay out of their middle of the screen, they can't shoot me. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, you just fold over each other endlessly. Good fun, though. Um, then, uh, I guess we'll come on to the triple, the Switch triple, which I'm currently playing. Um, so I think I mentioned, maybe it was pre-podcast, a game called Manticore, and that is one of those ports from mobile game yeah um, and that's on the switch isn't it that's now on the switch uh yeah it's fine it's pleasant it's very clearly a mobile a mobile port um but it's, it's a nice thing to kind of um just bash through um and at the time there was i was waiting for everspace uh 
which is a port, I think it was a Kickstarter game maybe, on PC. Uh, so it is a spaceship game, uh, which borrows elements from lots of different games. So it's a bit like Star Fox in that you have a galaxy map and using whatever hyperspace portals, you jump from one kind of uh, system to another system. Uh, but you have to manage your fuel it takes fuel to make those jumps um, yeah so it's like Star Fox in that respect but then it's also a uh, it's self-described as a roguelike um, so there are things for you to pick up there are people for you to do missions for uh, and then when you get wiped out you go back to the beginning but then you, you know, keep some of your currency uh, and some of the gear that you picked up and then eventually you make better and better ships and you can get further um, that's really fun and that's one that I put on when uh, you're faced with options paralysis. <laughs> That's what the, <laughs> I've got. So between this one, there are a couple of other roguelikes uh, when you can't work out what, what to play, but uh, I'll do a few runs of this. Um, so yeah, Everspace, um, I really enjoyed. Although I think I mentioned this before, it's clearly a PC port. You know how you can just sense sometimes that something's a PC port? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, it's very clearly, a, it feels a bit cold and sterile uh, uh, on a joypad um, and takes some reminding myself when I pick it up again. Um, I mean, that is a fucking quote and a half there, by the way. What's you that? can sense when it's a PC port because it's cold and sterile on the control it pad. Is. That is it fucking is. brilliant, man. We need to... <laughs> Fucking tweet that, you know. I know. I know we'll forget to, but <laughs> we can do that. That's great. You you put it you put it on. You're like, nah, I shouldn't be playing this. Uh, you know, in the living room on the comfortable settee. I need to I need to go in the garage <laughs> and put and play it on a laptop to get that real authentic PC gaming feel. <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah, recommend ever space. Oh, but it took. This is why I was talking about it. That's another one of those games where I think a Switch port was a stretch goal. Uh, and so it was just ages of nothing. It was in the background of a sizzle reel um, on a Nintendo Direct, you know, when they say, look at some indies we're working with. Um, and then it was just months of waiting with no news about whether it would come out or not. So in order to scratch that itch, uh, I think Manticore's five pounds, I hope you've got Manticore. Um, I really enjoyed it. Like I say, not really any standout moments. Um, and then eventually picked up Everspace. Um, so yeah, which I enjoy, enjoyed a lot and is in theory infinite spaceship gaming. Um, <laughs> there's like this huge uh, tech tree. Uh, and like, like all roguelike games, it's, it's just brutal. So um, you just die. A lot, six yeah, or seven yeah, times. yeah, a lot, and then things start to open up, and then you start to see more, and then you find, you know, you buy scanners for your ship, which allows you to then start scanning alien life, and then there's a guy who's collecting alien scanning life, and then that leads to a different story. Um, so yeah, so kind of midway through that, um, very good ship customization as well. Um, you can buy, I think you buy, you can if you build up enough currency, you can buy different builds of ships but you also invest your money in all the little bits and pieces that go with it um, so that's cool I recommend Everspace 
And then the last one of the Switch, what I'm calling the Switch Spaceship Game Trilogy, <laughs> uh, is Starlink, which I've talked about many times before. And I picked up on the PlayStation. Yeah, but the last time we talked about it, you just got it on the PlayStation 4. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I am, I am. A game's so good, you're going to buy it on multiple platforms. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and playing it through. Um, so it's it's uh, very very quickly because I know we've mentioned it before. It was a very strange toys to life uh, spaceship game from Ubisoft, and the toys to life side of things are you, you have the elements are a ship, a pilot, the ship wings, and then the weapons. Um, and the, depending on the weapons, you can create different combos. So you've got like a fire weapon and an ice weapon. If you hit an enemy with both of those, you do thermal shock, <clears throat> and so all of those different combos. Um, and considering you know the toys to life, you're kind of wrenching in and out. Um, there's a different uh, doohickey that attaches to your controller depending on when you're playing on the PlayStation or um, the Switch. So the Switch, you slot the Joy-Cons in, and then your ship thing sits on a little, um, like a little, almost like a little lectern on top. With the PlayStation 4 version, it plugs into the front of your um, controller. It isn't unwieldy as it looks. Essentially, you've got a controller with a thing with a thing coming out, and you've got like a little toy spaceship that sits on top of that. Um, so the Toys to Life thing is really, really well done. Um, really high quality. None of them are broken so far, and you are whipping them in and out um, quite a bit. It's also completely unnecessary. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad they did it. Uh, the, you know, they're nice things to have and hold and, and kind of build, and you can. Um, you can kind of do ridiculous things if you want. You can put your weapons on backwards. If you want, you can have a ship which has eight different wings on it, um, and it will model that uh, in game. It doesn't really change much. Um, and the game itself is is really enjoyable and has that thing which I've mentioned a number of times before, where you can kind of take off from the surface of a planet, and then you're you're into space. And I think that's always a really difficult thing to manage. Um, because, as we both know, the true vastness of space is boring. <laughs> yes, yes, very, very much so. <laughs> um, you don't so so yeah. You, you, nailing a kind of fun space reality, I think, is quite tricky, and Starlink yeah. does it does it very well. Um, so within seconds, when you take off from the surface of a planet, you are then in orbit it is seamless um, and you can kind of jump back down so it's not like you just hit a, a, a loading screen which covers up the transition you can fly very high above the planet and um, just in the margins of the stratosphere uh, and then it is a ball lake to get from one side if you were to go straight from one side of the galaxy to the side of the galaxy um, but it's like you know a couple of hour ball lake if you yeah. don't boost rather than a uh, uh, set it going and come back in five years um, to unlock fast travel in order to get from one side nah, to the other. and I think that, that, that sort of uh, brings it back to Frontier Elite 2 as well and, and like I, I don't know what you achieved really in that game but I, I found that playing it for like a couple of hours managing to buy something from one space station successfully fly to another space station 
dock with it without crashing and dying, sell those things, and, and ultimately like buy a shield for my ship was enough for me. I don't think you could do much more. It was the Amiga. I don't think you could have like saves of progress and things like that. But I also remember like I would load it up and sometimes just go far to other different galaxies or solar systems or whatever like that. And you would just the vastness of space, as you say, is fucking boring. If there's nothing there, and quite often most of the game is empty, there was just nothing to do. I don't even really remember if there was anything to achieve in that game beyond just selling things and successfully docking at a space station without destroying yourself. Do you? Uh, no, no, I don't. I just, I just remember them being ridiculously popular, and I think um, surprisingly popular. Yeah, you know, uh, ostensibly that's all that's all you were doing. Um, and it is a, but it is a problem that I think uh, a couple of different developers have had a go at, uh, at dealing with. Right, so uh, Eve is one that we mentioned, um, which is very much you know in that realistic. Um, tries to realistically capture the vastness of space you can spend days i've read a really there's a really fun article about sometimes um people get stuck in deep space um <laughs> really so they go so yeah they go so far and i think they don't have enough fuel to get back or something and so uh they then go to the eve community and then you know there's this phenomenal rescue effort um, to try and rescue him in deep space, uh, <laughs> and I think no, no man's, which is really, which is really cool. Uh, that is a thing, as you would say. Um, and then I think in No Man's Sky, they also have, they've also tried to, you know, with the infinite procedural galaxy uh, universe that can go on and on and on and on and on. Um, so yeah. Teasing uh, at the fringes of, of you know, creating, um, essentially creating your own universes uh, yeah. within within games. Yeah. So that's. I think that's it. That's yeah, I think we've reached. Yeah, I think we've reached our and sort of edge of space. <laughs> edges of space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On on a lighter <laughs> note, here's the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, or just die in deep uh, space, you know. <laughs> uh, I, I think okay. One fun thing to end on: um, there aren't necessarily spaceships that you can play in spaceship games. But what are your what are some of your favourite spaceships from games? What are some of my spaceship favourite spaceships from games? Now, I am yeah. I'm, I'm immediately. I remember thinking about uh, Rogue Squadron and all of the cheap spaceships you could get. Um, so you could like put in cheats classic style like up down left right BA BA all yeah. that sort of stuff like. and you could get um, you could get the Millennium Falcon you could get the Naboo Starfighter and this was that was quite impressive because it was literally when you know uh, episode yeah. 1 was just about to come out sort of thing um, and you could also once you'd unlocked the Millennium Falcon with a cheat you could then use another cheat to turn it into a car 
So it was kind of like a, a, sort of a precursor to the Harry Potter flying car thing uh, <laughs> as you're doing that. Um, not really a favourite ship of any kind, but I think it was. Uh, it, it just immediately struck me uh, as something fun. Um, yeah. Beyond that, I don't know. I, I feel that a lot of ships, they don't. Like you were sort of saying, there there is a sort of point where the character of the ship, or the ship becomes a character in its own. I don't know if I've really kind of felt that with a lot of uh, other games. Um, and I suppose, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I don't, can't really think of any that really stick out in my head as a great character in itself. As <laughs> a great character. One of... Uh... <laughs> My ones, which isn't, unfortunately, you don't ever get to fly it as a spaceship, but is um, Samus's little ship from, particularly from Metroid Prime. I mean, I think it's in most of the games. Um, so, you know, it's her ship, which kind of looks like a mask. Oh, right, okay. It looks like a, it looks like a her flat mask, and it, um, you know, you, you descend from it in, in Metroid. Uh, but what I really liked about, I think, Metroid Prime 3 is you could, uh, and I, I always love it when you can do this, although largely it's pointless, you could hop it inside your ship. Um, uh, and so in Metroid Prime 3, it was you could move it around from location to location. I just really like the fact that you could hop inside your ship and, and um, uh, you know, see some of the HUD. And because it was on the Wii and everything on the Wii had some Wii integration, um, if you really went in that game, you could unlock a little bobblehead of your me that sat, um, <laughs> that sat, that sat on the dash on the dashboard brilliant. of of Samus's ship. Uh, yeah, so I remember doing that and, and, and taking photos. Uh, so uh, shout outs to Samus's ship. I'm not even sure it has a name. Uh, and then the uh, other game, which uh, your ship plays a huge role, is in Warframe. So your ship is essentially your hub, um, but you never, although I'm not kept up to date to it, so maybe there is a mode where you fly it around. It's quite big, uh, and there are different sections which you unlock, different rooms which you unlock as you go. Um, But every time you go back to the hub, you kind of uh, go back to what is essentially your cockpit. Uh, And just a really nice touch of detail is you can kind of see out through a, a, a giant windscreen as it were um, and depending which depending which planet you're outside of you know you'd see different things happening um, um, outside the windscreen which was always really nice uh, and you could customize absolutely everything about it the inside colors even though you'd never see them the outside colors um, uh, <laughs> detailing panels and then you know through in-game currency you could buy fish tanks posters bobbleheads uh, to, to decorate them so yeah that was always nice um, kind of coming back to your ship uh, at the end of a mission. I think those are my two spaceship cool. shout-outs for non-spaceship, non-spaceship game spaceships, I guess. Yeah. I think we've said the word spaceships enough. Um, spaceship, spaceship. Space, it's a spaceship. Space starts to sound weird. Uh, spaceship. <laughs> spaceship. We've been. I've been spaceship. You've been. I've been spaceship. And that's spaceship for spaceship. Spaceship! Space!